Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety, the Lighthouse Hockey Network. Uh, my name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Skype is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, I can't believe the words are about to come out of my mouth. The Islanders have won 10 games in a row. Yeah, uh, I thought the universe that we used to live in was was weird. Um, <laughs> but this new one where the Islanders win 10 games in a row, uh, kind of like matter-of-factly, is, is even stranger. It's great, but it's strange. And I think if um, you know, if we, we actually we had our 100th episode last week, and if you had said, how long would it take for you guys to do an episode before you were talking about a 10-game winning streak, I would say, well, th- why would we even talk about it? Like, <laughs> there's just no way. That, that, like, yeah. even, I would, I would, the, I, this is unfathomable. It's it's so weird. Um, and it really came from nothing, still. Like, we that, they looked so middling and uninspiring. You know, the, the, that loss against the Oilers and the even the one against the Hurricanes, which... To, the, to this day, I still get confused why all the Islanders thought they played well that day. But I guess they, they apparently saw something I didn't because then after that is when the streak started. But, um, yeah, it's just like it's just so weird to think about. It's one of those <laughs> it's just one of those things that your mind can't fully grasp. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's how I've been spending a lot of my day for the past couple, <laughs> you know, four or five days. It was like when it was eight and nine and ten. Mm. I'm like, how, this is this is just silly. It is, uh, and I'm going to bring about this up a little bit later. I was at the game last night, the 10th win against the Ottawa Senators, and I was there with our friend Kerry Haber, and we talked about that Hurricanes game and how we all thought they were crazy when they were like, oh, yeah, you know, we, we think we're turning it around. And, like, um, you guys just got wrecked in this game. 
How are you turning it around? How is that in any way, shape, or form turning it around? And the next game, they won a shootout against the Florida Panthers. The next day, uh, two days later, they, they came from behind in the last five minutes of the game to beat the Blues in overtime. Uh, they then beat the Columbus Blue Jackets in overtime. And you thought, all right, you know, that's a pretty good run. It's nice to get back to 500, they're picking up points. That's good. That's good. These aren't these aren't great games by any stretch of the imagination. But it's nice to see them, like, you know, winning and picking up points still early. But from that point on, um, right, the game after that was the Ottawa game, the first Ottawa game, I think. And then uh, – through the rest of them, it's they've gotten better and better. And if you look at you know the the um, number of high danger chances and and you know even just their shot share, which the Islanders don't really generally get uh, a good look at, the things are getting better. And this is not like a fluke thing. I know that you know a couple of teams have had sort of ten game winning streaks before the Sabers and and Flyers recently, and those were like sort of PDO luck driven things where this team that those teams weren't really like. Now, playing all that well, they were just kind of getting the bounces. This is not a team that's getting the bounces. I mean, they are, but this is a team that is coming out and winning these games purposefully. And like you said, they're doing it matter-of-factly. Like they, to a man, every single one of them said after this that last game last night that they, the coaching staff does a good job of keeping them focused on the next game, and that's it. And so their next game is tomorrow against or Thursday against the Pittsburgh Penguins. This is going to post on Thursday, so we're going to not talk too much about that game. We're going to talk mostly about the streak. But, I mean, I have no doubt that at practice today, they were talking about the Penguins and nothing else. <laughs> and, and the fact that Barry Trotz said, if it wasn't for you guys, meaning the media, they wouldn't even know that they had won 10 games in a row. And, you know, honestly, I believe it because everybody yeah. keeps saying the same thing. Yeah, I think I, there's a, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't like them as an organization, but um, there's a lot of, you know, New England Patriots in kind of the way Barry Trotz goes about his things. Like, mm. the Patriots... The only thing the New England Patriots care about is the next play. That's right. it. Like they 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 make if they don't really make mistakes, but if something bad happens, it doesn't matter. They're just focused on the next play. And Bill Belichick has that like just ironed it to these guys for as long as he's been there. Um, and I'm not saying that the Islanders are you know at that level, but it's just there's there are like these weird vibes, and not I shouldn't say weird. There are these amazing vibes that the team gives off um, that they actually do believe in that like. Mm. When when you'd hear these guys talk after a game, uh, at, in prior regimes, you know, you'd hear Josh Bailey say, you know, you know, I think maybe we had a couple bounces go against us. We're finding it. Like we're just trying to develop our identity. Like that's all gone. Mm. <laughs> after every game, it's just they're just like, yeah, you know, like we did what the game stayed on script. Like the Islanders have a clear script to every game, the way they want it to go, and uh, it's going like it's just going. They they do a great job of keeping it on script. Like they they don't let games really get away from them. I yeah. I actually can't really remember um, too many that that kind of have gone off the rails. And and even when they did, like they this goes back to last season. They have a way of being prepared for that. Like there's a plan A B C D and E F G in place under Trots. Whereas uh, for my entire life as an Islander fan, like there was never even a plan A. Like right. this is this is still and. As as much as you know, heap praise we heap onto this guy. Like I can't stop thinking about him. Like this is just he is unbelievable at what what he's done. And I think a lot of it has to do with the type of team and organization he walked into, which was one crying out for this kind of figurehead. And the other is just him. You know, he he came in and he he embraced the challenge and just knocked it out of the park. And now team, you're starting to see like some media outlets uh, 
so, sort of acknowledge what's going on, but it's still like the Islanders are doing this in like a far off universe. Like they're, <laughs> it's like the Islanders are playing in, in a, in a, in a, a bizarro NHL and you know, the, the, the mainstream media is still focused on they're they're asking opposing players you know oh yeah. what what would you what advice would you give to the toronto maple leafs because they're you know in a wild card spot after eight games or whatever <laughs> like we, we're hearing alex and meanwhile like this team is just sweeping a month and uh it's and it's just the way that they've been acknowledged it's like been like a just like oh and by the way over in bizarro nhl the islanders beat the coyotes tonight to extend their winning streak to seven games we're not sure if this is actually happening or not Right. Because we just don't have people there. Yeah. After the game last night, Carrie was like, who, "So let let me, you ask you tell me who do you think of the national media guys are going to acknowledge that they've won ten games in a row?" And I, I don't even know if we looked and saw if we were right, but I was like Friedman for sure because he's talked about them in his Thirty One Thoughts column. I think John Shannon probably would, uh, and there was a couple of other guys that we said too. And I don't know if we ever said it, but you know, most of the bigger guys we said no. LeBron for sure not. Uh, you know, Burnside, definitely not. Most of the Leafs, you know, slash Toronto uh, crew, definitely not. And, you know, I mean, a, a part of that, though, like, it's true. Like, it's a little ridiculous. And I have my list here of NHL, you know, winning streaks up. And, um, you know, 10 is is already a pretty rare occurrence. A lot of teams have done it over the over, you know, a couple of years, but it doesn't happen all that often. It seems like it's sort of maybe one or two. And, and a lot of them have happened recently. I guess parody is like that. Um, but, uh, you know, part of it is that it doesn't happen that often. Uh, it happens often enough that I guess maybe it's not as big a deal, although for us it is, and we're going to make it a big deal. But the other thing is the Islanders just don't make a big deal of it. You know, I mean, they kind of move on to the next game and they give out their, their, uh, Jofa helmet and they play some music and it's on to the next thing. And, you know, the, the, the Barry Trotz, obviously, and Lou Lamorello, and I think Anders Lee and the leadership group have to like take a lot of credit for that for just kind of keeping things even, but at the same time keeping it fun. I mean, they've all said too, it's been fun. Um, the um, so the longest winning streak in NHL history is 17 games. We're not going to talk about that. The second longest is 16. That was, so 17 was the Pittsburgh Penguins, 92-93. Obviously, a couple of years ago, Columbus hit 16. Below that is the Islanders at 15. Uh, the Penguins also had a 15 game. Uh, winning streak in 2012-2013. There's a couple with 14, a couple with 13, a couple with 12, a couple with 11, and a whole bunch with 10. Um, but still, this is not something that happens all the time. And for a team that, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, was once again considered not... I mean, this is going to get old and if, if it hasn't already, but like people were expecting this team to have a 20 less points than they had last year. And not only do they have 20 less, are they probably not going to have that, but like they've started off better than they started off last year. Last year they were a little bit wonky, and this season they were a little bit wonky. Cal Clutterbuck, I guess, was asked, you know, what the, the streak means, and he guess he said, I, I guess it means that we had four really mediocre games to start the season and decided, no, we weren't going to have that anymore, and they just kept on going. So this is, you know, it's not super rare, but it's pretty rare and, and we should be enjoying this for what it <laughs> it's is. It's definitely rare. It's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, this is, I didn't realize it because when it was nine game winning streak, it doesn't, it just doesn't sound, you know, like all that, like, Ooh, mm. we right. should bow yeah, down. It's not like, a high number. Really think about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then when, uh, they, they flashed the last time the Islanders had won nine games in a row, uh, it was before I was born. <laughs> so, yeah. like, I mean, this is rare. This is the first oh, time yeah. I've ever... For the yeah, Islanders, ever... it is. Yeah, it was 1989-90 uh, was the longest 
one before this was the nine game war, and now you've got ten games, so they're sitting it alone in second place. And then again, that fifteen gamer was in nineteen eighty one, eighty two, and that was without the benefit of overtime or shootouts. Like those guys had to win those games, and so I'm, you know, I don't. I, I I don't think this is like a '72 Dolphins situation where they they pop champagne if uh, the Islanders these this year's Islanders don't make it. But uh, yeah, for this franchise to win ten games in a row is remarkable, and these guys deserve all the credit in the world. And again, after you know the first couple were in overtime, whatever. But since then, they've they've had some outstanding games. Mm-hmm. They the, that game against the Coyotes you talked about was an outstanding game. The game against the Flyers, which I think was right before that, was out or was after that, was outstanding. They played that game in Ottawa, which, you know, Nick Letty was just a man on fire. He was awesome. And we're going to talk again about him in a second. And uh, the, uh, the, the, oh, let me actually, so let me back up. So since we've last spoke, they um, beat the Tampa Bay Lightning five to two. They were great in that game. They were very good, very good in the first. Second was a little even between the two of them, but Barzell scores. Pollock had a blast uh, to score. Uh, Tampa Bay really. Came on in the third, but uh, Bailey scored, and that was the end of the game. <laughs> and then it were pretty much rolled from there. At that point out, Grice was extremely good, and Barzell was just absolutely spectacular. The next night, they played in Buffalo, who were pretty hot to start the season, and they won one nothing. Derek Broussard with the most odd goal I've ever seen in a one nothing game. <laughs> it's a little, little excuse-me goal, as, uh, as I think Howie Rose might say uh, in a baseball game, from behind the net. Uh, Simeon Valamov was outstanding in that game and frankly so was Carter Hutton which is probably why the Islanders didn't have a couple more goals but uh the Islanders didn't give up a single high danger chance in the third period of that game and that's how they've been doing it uh they just don't give up high danger chances and they get a ton of high danger chances so that was pretty wild Barzell by the way was a machine in that that Sabres game he was all over Jack Eichel like Eichel couldn't shake him the entire game and I was like I felt like a proud father. Like I was like, oh my God, this guy is like, he's forming. He's he's taking his full form right in front of us as he's like become this, he's becoming this 200 foot defensive monster here. And then uh, just last night against the Ottawa Senators, they won 4-1. And um, yeah, the, the Senators looked like they were kind of doing stuff, but the Islanders had a ton of zone time. They had a ton of high danger chances. Um, they gave up the goal first, you know, in the first five minutes. But like you said, they bounced back. They scored like 45 minutes, 45 seconds later. And from that point on, it was basically all Islanders, and uh, Cole Bardreau scored his first NHL goal on a penalty shot. He's the seventh player to do that. The Islanders have scored penalty shots against the same team in the same season for the first time in their history, which is a very weird stat, but pretty cool nonetheless. Um, and it was 2-1, and you know you think, well, you know, bounce here or there. It could be a different game, but Casey Zika scores a shorthanded goal, and Bailey gets a goal a couple of minutes after that, and they're done. And the game is over. And at that point, you know, they got three goals. That's all they need. And so these are performances that really have been excellent. And it's this isn't like a fluky thing. This isn't like, you know, oh, man, they're just winning by the seat of their pants. Like, they're winning these games. <laughs> they're coming out there, like you said, with a plan. And they take it to them. And they execute the plan. And coaches are left walking out of the, the room going, well, they, they did it to us. They, that's that's the way they play. They're very frustrated to play. And, and we, we lost to them. And that's it. And so yeah. one of the one of the I was at that lightning game and oh, wow. I got to tell you that it was just never in doubt. It was so mm. weird. You know, this is the, the team, a team that just won 67,000 games the year before. <laughs> and like you're like, all right, like any point we can get out of this in, in pre, you know, era of good feelings, Islanders, the, you would have just thought, let's just hang on by the seat of their pants. Hopefully mm. we get lucky. But, 
even when the Lightning scored, it was like a fluky backhand goal after a great penalty kill. The air never got sucked out of the building. It was just, it was so odd. And then we were, I was walking out of the Coliseum with my dad, and there's just no better feeling than when, you know, there's just very few joys, more things that are more joyful than walking out of the Coliseum after a win like that. You know, the people, everyone's just so happy, and the way that it spills out, it's you know, you're you're you all, you're not like cramming out of an exit. There's so many exits that people are just whizzing by you in each direction, but everyone's just so happy. Um, and that and and especially in a game like that where it was a performance, like you, you put it perfectly, like this is a performance. Like that was a performance. Uh, Matt Barzell was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. It was one of those games where like I keep I keep saying that the Islanders should just hand out roses for mm-hmm. this guy and like they should throw them on the ice because it is just balletic. Like he's he's an absolutely a ballerina and um, that just walking out of that game just being and I look back I was like I never I was never worried. This is mm-hmm. weird as you know you just you know I I thought maybe I would get used to this feeling you know with um, the way they played last year but I'm I'm it's still kind of second you know not second nature to, to not be worried with when uh this team when the islanders are playing like i, I, I look back and i'm like wow, why wasn't i freaking out when, when, they, <laughs> when they tied the game and uh that's just the way it is with this team and yeah. uh good okay. god it's they, uh they, they execute like it's just crazy yeah. that they come in and they're prepared um uh nh uh nbc sports today had had a nice article written by adam gretz who's uh uh, a friend of mine, I follow him. You should follow him on Twitter. He writes for Pennsburg every once in a while, and uh, he had sort of some numbers behind the shriek, and some of them were startling even to me. I mean, you feel like you figure, you know, you read Eric Hornick's skinny after every game, and you kind of know all the numbers. But some of these have been pretty crazy. So, for example, like we were talking about, they gave up the first goal to the uh, Senators. I think they gave up the first goal to the Lightning, uh, and uh, they've actually given up the first goal in six of these ten games, which is crazy, but. The, they have only trailed for 95 minutes. And to be perfectly honest, we all know that 55 of those, 50 of those 95 minutes have, were in that Blues game. Like, other than that, they haven't really trailed all that much. In fact, the Senators game is kind of emblematic of what happens. They might give up the first goal, but they're going to immediately try and get it back, um, which is, happens a lot. They did that in the playoffs, too, against the Penguins, basically. So that was pretty wild that they, they've been down at least one nothing in six of the 10 games. That's pretty crazy. Um, they're getting offense from everybody. 15 different players have got at least one goal, which is also pretty remarkable. Again, Cole Bardrow is scoring goals. Like, who the hell is this guy? Well, he's an invaluable member of the Islanders now. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. <laughs> um, they're still not getting power plays. They still only get uh, one and a half power plays per game, which is, you know, last in the league um since since the 12th apparently they just they just don't they had three i think against the senators last night and we were all like oh wow how about that three of them uh varlamov has pretty much picked up right where robin leonard left off and look we all love robin leonard he is he's playing out of his mind in chicago for a team that just can't buy a win these days and i've every once in a while i'll see like something where somebody's like i can't believe the islanders let this guy go and it's like you should probably see varlamov's numbers because if you did you wouldn't be saying that because he's got a 947 save percentage right now, and he's five and zero in this run. Like, well, so is Grice, you know, five and zero. He's got a 942 save percentage. Like, it's crazy, you know. These guys are just coming in, and Mitch Corn and Piero Greco are working their magic. And again, they don't give up high danger chances, and so they don't give up too many goals. Um, and again, they're generating offense. Like, they are generating shots. They're getting better at that, but. That's kind of we need to kind of step away from that because honestly, that's not how the Islanders play. They care about high danger chances. They don't give them up, and they get a lot of them. 
And as long as they're doing that, they're playing the Barry Trot system. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Um, you know, it is it, it is worth saying that the Flyers in 2016-2017 did have a 10-game winning streak, and they did miss the playoffs. So mathematically, it can't happen. However, having said that, you definitely want to have a 10-game winning streak if you can get <laughs> yeah. one in a season because that means good things, and you're doing good things. Yeah, I, th- I think I know. I keep thinking about that. I think about the Sabers last year too, and yeah. and then I'm like, you know what? This this like you said in the beginning, like this is this different beast. And mm-hmm. uh, the the thing that I think is funny is the way you know, co- kind of go back to that point about the the way the Islanders are kind of being handled by the hockey media and just hockey world in general. Is I keep when anytime they're referenced, I they're being referenced. The good things they're doing are being referenced by a, like a coach or an anonymous like league executive or whatever. And like <laughs> I think it was Friedman's thirty one thoughts for this week. Someone called the Coyotes like a right. Island, yeah. Islanders West. And I remember last year like the Stars were like, yeah, we played the Islanders, and we're like, right. let's just do what they're doing. Yeah, Jim <laughs> Montgomery was like, yeah. yeah, I saw what the Islanders are doing. So and the Blues are the same thing, and and like that's that's where they're getting praise. And and I think that um, I think after last year when when as a fan base, we were crying out for like respect and that like, are you guys not paying attention to the, what we're doing after we just lost the best player that's played for this team in decades? Like this is really a great story. I think, uh, when the reason that it's, it's like confounding is that, yeah, sure. Like you, everyone just said, all right, these guys will regress. Like this is a regression thing. And nobody really paid attention for, for all these analysts to say like, you know, they really do deep dive and there's a lot of great public work in hockey. Nobody really paid attention to the fact that, all right, the, the, the guys who were putting up those career numbers, Robin Leonard, who, uh, like as you said, is, is actually playing terrific in Chicago, and then you know, people kept referring to Val Philpola. Like, yeah, Val Philpola plays in Detroit now. Like, this is <laughs> if he's going to regress, he's going to do it as a member of a different team. Like, and then, you know, they, they would bring up Casey Sezikis, and they kept forgetting to acknowledge that there are. The Islanders from basically November, or, I mean, I think the line of demarcation is when Devon Taves mm. got called up. From that point on, like, they trended up for most of the season. They had that one little blip in March and then kept getting better. So you you could be getting lucky, but you're improving as you are, quote-unquote, like, PDOing your way to success. There, That's not – it's not like a – it's not a regression situation. This is a team that is ju- just kept getting better and better and better. And because of like the high save percentage and the fact that you know Val Philpolit was scoring anytime he shot, like people were just like, this can't keep going. And the frustrating thing is now that the Islanders have done this, have 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 put together a ten game winning streak to start. It's not people are looking to poke holes in it as as best as they can, or, and and explain like why the Islanders are quote unquote breaking models and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff instead of just being like, yeah, you know what, like this is they're they're they've. They're good. Like, like they, they're good in a way that no one else, like the Islanders are now the 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 uh, reference point for other teams. Like let's be like them. Mm. The Coyotes are Islanders West, and nobody's just acknowledging that. Rather, they're saying like, you know, the goaltending is Simeon Varlamov is not going to keep playing at nine forty. Mm. So if that you know if that happens, who knows what's going to happen with this team? And <laughs> so instead of just being like, yeah, no, they're good, and why well, try to explain it? Like we. Mm-hmm. We don't have the answers to this. Let's see how far it goes. Yeah. That's how they're handling it still, which, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's a, a bit of a tangent and, and I needed that cathartic release. But it's like <laughs> if this if this is regression, like I'll, I'll regress every year. Like, yeah. I don't care. like this is amazing. 
Yeah, right. Um, well, I don't know if you're, if you're referring specifically to the article I'm about to bring up in The Athletic this week. This was when the Islanders had, uh, I believe, nine nine wins in a row. Uh, he uh, it, Arthur Staple spoke with uh, four sort of stats-oriented uh, folks at The Athletic, Dom LeCision, um, Sean Tierney, Shana Goldman, and our, again, our own Carrie Haber, and asked them like what they saw in uh in the you know the metrics uh, of the uh the during the streak and and i you know there's a lot of you know if you read these articles there's a lot of kind of dancing around stuff but but they do eventually come to the conclusion that these guys are playing this way and are good and that maybe the idea of regression uh you know or the, the idea of like them falling back to the pack and not keeping these numbers up may have been a little bit overblown and you know uh Dom in particular talks about how, you know, his model had them underrated all last year. And he talked about that in another article today. And, you know, at some point, you know, I think Art has said this too. Like at what point do you realize that your model just is not working right? If there's this one team that's an outlier to all of this stuff, something is, is weird, you know? Um, my favorite part about this though, when I talked to Kerry about this, like he's the only one and I don't expect, you know, these guys aren't Islanders fans. Like I don't expect them to do this, but like, he was the only one who was like, well, actually, you know, I've listened to Trot's talk and I've, you know, followed what he said and I, I watch his press conferences. He's the only one that has, like, followed what these guys are saying. So it's not like it's a mystery. If you listen to what Barry Trotz is saying, the way they play is not a mystery. Again, it's all about the high danger chances. It's all about, you know, getting the quality there. It's all about, you know, keeping the other team from getting those high danger chances and, you know, rolling four lines, rolling 6D. This is not, you know, uh, uh, rocket science. <laughs> it's just playing a very simple, basic game that, you know, a lot of teams, frankly, don't play. And so, yeah, they might, you know, if you have a chart laid out with other teams getting certain things, they're, they're not going to be in a place where there's tons of shots, but that's not how they roll. They're just not doing it that way. And so at some point, like you said, they have to acknowledge that these guys are pretty good. And I think we're getting to that point, too, where, you know, we're kind of getting away from Again, my, as I've said before, like my whole argument with I, I like stats, I like reading about them. My whole argument is, you know, the idea of these advanced underlying stats was to not pigeonhole guys by their basic box score stats, and instead, what people are using are these advanced, these different numbers to pigeonhole guys just the same. You know, instead <laughs> of saying a guy, oh, that guy stinks, he only had five goals this year. You know, they're saying, oh, that guy's got a, you know, relative whatever of minus three. He sucks. Well, does he really, though? <laughs> does he really suck that badly? No, he's probably okay. He's just other things, you know, he's doing other things. And if you look at other numbers, he might not suck. But um, it's just, you know, I, I just, I really, I guess what I want, <laughs> what I, I, we all, this whole show is about tangents, basically. But like, I, I did want to say, so 24 teams in NHL history have had winning streaks of 10. Um, that's actually not a lot, you know, considering that the league is over a hundred years old. Um, so this is like rarefied air and we should really enjoy this. And particularly in a season, <laughs> in a year when New York sports, not great, this team has won 10 games in a row. And <laughs> regardless of what happens Thursday night against the Penguins, that's an enormous accomplishment. And these guys should be lauded for this, for, for pulling together. And like Cal Clutterbuck said, they didn't like how their first couple of games turned out. And they were just like, okay, we're going to fix this. And they fixed it. And I don't think even if the, let's say let's say for the sake of argument they lose to the Penguins Thursday night, I don't think it's gonna they're gonna go on like a ten game losing streak. I think knock on wood, they're gonna go you know they're gonna find out what happened and they're gonna correct it. And Saturday against the Panthers, they're gonna pick right back up where they left mm -hmm. off because that's just yeah. how they roll. 
I think I mean I think the early four game losing streak last year came in the playoffs, which sucked. But <laughs> I, I mean they. I was you know I was with a couple people last night at the Dead and Company show at uh, the Coliseum. Ironically, while the Islanders were playing a home game, I thought it was just so because when you get let out of that concert, once again people in great moods because of. You know, it's the Grateful Dead. It was a great show, and you know, people are you know, smoking weed and just doing their thing, and it's just a great environment to be in. And you come out of the Coliseum, and it looked like, you know, an Islander game <laughs> after a win. You know, people are there, and there are also a lot of Islander fans. Like a lot of people were, I had a hat, Islander hat on, and you know, a lot of ten in a row is going up mm. when uh, after the game uh, had ended. But uh, it's it's, I mean, to to be in in that spot and, co- and coming out of uh, the Coliseum. I was talking to my friend, and he's like, "You know, we'll probably lose to the Penguins on on uh, Thursday." And I was like, "Yeah, but you know what? The best part of it is, is if we beat the Penguins, then we've won eleven games in a row." <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Which yeah. is it's that's how like it's it's a, and then if they beat the Panthers, it's twelve games. Like it's the Islanders are, you know, four four wins away from winning fourteen games in a row. I keep looking at it in like this different. I'm, instead, I'm really trying hard not to look at it as the other shoes about to drop because right. that's the way you always think as an Islander fan. But instead, I'm like, wow! Imagine we come out of that game and have just won our 11th game in a row. That is, that would be something. Mm. And uh, you know, I'm not. I, I like you said. Like this team is, they're not. They don't look back at all. Like they just mm. are. They're already on to the details and how to beat the Penguins and how to protect the house against the uh, the, mm. the Crosby line. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I'm confident. Like I'm just confident <laughs> about the way like they're going to when whenever that loss does come, whether it comes Thursday or when it, whether it's Saturday against the Panthers or if it comes you know four weeks from now, uh, they're going to handle it just fine. Like yeah. it's these are pro- like the consummate professionals. The Islanders are the team. Like you you put it perfectly. Like this, they're they're always going to be outliers with with models and and when you have predicted stats. I mean, I look at stats every day because. You know, I bet a ton of hockey, and, and they try to just look at the numbers and ignore the team name. Mm. And there are always teams that I'd basically just throw out. Mm. And I'm like, you know, I'm not even going to try to either invest in them or invest against them because I can't really make sense of, you know, who they are, and and they're just not making sense to me. And and the Islanders are one of those teams this year. I'm just like, listen, this is a, and I mean, I still bet on them, but the uh, they are a team that I handle with with kitty gloves. I think. The Coyotes are kind of the same way, and and that's because they're playing like them. And uh, this last year, the Stars were like that. And mm. you just have to acknowledge that, like, sure, twenty teams, twenty five teams of the league might play one way. Just because another team's playing differently doesn't mean it's wrong. And I think now that the other teams are starting to point to it's. I mean, this that is one of the weirdest things that I have such a tough, tough time coming to grips with. Or I mean, it's great is that these other teams are pointing to the Islanders as a as like a shining light, whereas like. <laughs> They used to be in the position that kind of the senators are in right now, where everyone was just like it was a laughing stock. Like right. this is, it's just so weird. And uh, I'm happy to, I'm happy to like throw them out and be like, this, my team is, we're the, we're the different ones, we're the outliers, mm. and not just like because of the fan base and the way the Islanders are weird. Like the way the team is playing is, is such an outlier. And uh, man, it's mm. a, the era of good feelings. I can't, I like, I don't, I don't really know. Like how to handle it. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to talk a lot more about that a- after the break. But before we do that, I just want to say, yeah. So I was at the uh, the Senators game. I was sitting with Kerry. Uh, we had a great time, and, and we were talking about um, just you know h- how guys like Ross Johnson just come in and, and just play a very simple, 
style of game. And uh, but also we were really impressed at, at the crowd last night. It was a, it was a good crowd. Uh, the, the atmosphere was good. Had about eleven or twelve thousand there. The only seats you kind of saw that were empty was that dead end. You know, uh, when you first walk in, that they don't really sell those seats in. But other than that, that was a, that was a pretty good crowd, and and I, I think people were excited. They were <laughs> towards the end. Obviously, again, once once it was sealed, that that Zikasco kind of sealed everything. People were chanting ten straight. They were counting down from ten. Uh, it was a party. It was a lot of fun, and and it was a cool atmosphere to be in. I mean, it was. Uh, you know, I, I was I was very very happy, and I I know I know the feeling like you were saying of coming out of the Coliseum after a win. There is that, there is that feeling that long walk to the car, sitting in the car, waiting. You know, the honking going on. But uh, there was a good feeling leaving that that building last night in Brooklyn, and and it was a cool it was cool. Like I gotta say, I was very very surprised and very very happy that people turned out. The crowd, the energy was great. And uh, we got to see a historic win with a lot of historic things. So it's it, it was fun. It was as much fun as any of the games last year that we talked about that, that were parties, which were pretty cool. Uh, we're going to have to get a short break. And when we come back, we are going to talk about uh, the sort of state of the Islanders and doing things their way and uh, how that means something different than it did just a couple of years ago. All right. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Earlier this week at ESPN.com, Emily Kaplan had an, a column. It's their NHL best and worst. But the uh, the beginning uh, was all about the Islanders. She spoke with Anders Lee about how, how the streak is going and how they're doing it. And uh, he said something I thought was pretty interesting. He said, I don't think we get enough credit for our offense. We don't have trouble scoring goals. I just think that the way we do it is a little bit different than some other teams. We do such a good job defensively that we get a lot of credit, well-deserved in that regard, but our goal scoring isn't one of our weak spots. At the end of the day, you just have to score one more than the other team. And the part about doing things their way kind of stuck out to me because I remember for years and years and years, Garth Snow and Jack Capuano and Charles Wong talking about how there are different ways to build a team and different ways to win, and, and we're doing things our way. The Islanders had that reputation of, doing things their way, being very secretive and kind of going off the beaten path. And you know what? Sometimes that's kind of cool. They had all those those waiver pickups that we always like to talk about, and they did some some neat stuff. But, like, their way just kind of didn't really amount to a whole lot. Their, you know, the Garth Snow, Charles Wong way meant that maybe you could finish seventh or eighth in the conference. And as they always said, and, you know, John Tavares was always saying too, like, oh, we, you know, all we got to do is get in the playoffs and you see what happens. You never know. Like, that way is a way, but it's not really a way that engenders a ton of confidence. Whereas the Lou Lamorello, Barry Trotz 
and Anders Lee way is we're going to win some games. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the goal is to win games. And we're going to do that by limiting scoring chances against and getting our offense off of opportunities like that. And that's how we're going to win games. And that way gets you 103 points and a 10-game winning streak as opposed to the maybe we'll get in the playoffs and see what happens way. Um, and all of a sudden I felt like this team has just become something completely different than they were just a couple of years ago. And I know that's probably old news, but like just reading that line just brought back so many memories of so many trade deadlines and so many like training camps of like, Oh, we're doing this things our way. And the Islanders feel they're doing, they're doing it their way. And I was like, that way didn't work this way. I like a lot, <laughs> lot more because <laughs> it works, you know, it works. At least so it's far. Ed- it works because it's repeatable. Like right. the Islanders, if you if you feel like if you went back and watched the twenty, you know, fourteen, fifteen Islanders when they were decent, or maybe the lockout year, like if you watched one game and then watched the next game, they probably look like two completely different teams. <laughs> I feel like that was the way. When, like you're like this. Yeah. They aren't sometimes the Vigetti Nabaka would stand on his head. Other mm. times the Islanders would you know win six four and or they lose five one. It was just like it's, it, it was now knowing what it's like to live in this universe. Uh, when you look back, you're like, how did I even put up with that? Like, how how on earth was I okay with turning on, you know, FSNY or Sports Channel or whatever I was watching, whatever the Islanders were playing on at the time, MHG, and being like, I have no idea what the hell is going to happen. And now, you know, win or lose, like, this team is going to try its best to do exactly what Anders Lee said, which is outscore by at least one, <laughs> which is the name of the game. It's like, like you want to win a hockey game. That's mm. simple stop and and as some people like if you're just a hockey fan and i remember during that the the year the islanders went to uh they lost the last year of the coliseum the first time around when they lost the capitals i remember a lot of people especially some of the um kind of who who were more analytically slanted talked about how fun the islanders were to watch that year and i kind of took pride in that and now like people don't you know we're not a watchable team from a neutral standpoint but i can give it i don't care (laughs) like i'm like they're, this is the most watchable Islanders era of my life because yeah. they 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 win games. They say winning is watchable, <laughs> <laughs> and you feel good afterwards. Like right. you don't feel like oh man. I, I remember, you know, when they when they beat the Blues, you 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 had tweeted that uh, that joke about you know Columbus Day, and I thought it was very funny. And and that is kind of like how every Islander game felt. Every Islander win was like a minor miracle back in uh, in the previous regimes, and now it's just you know. It's business as usual, and that is uh, a feeling that is still get, taking some getting used to, but it's one that I hope we don't ever have to not get used to. Yeah, um, it was very surreal being at the game against the Senators, and we were sitting a few rows behind the Ottawa bench, and who's there but assistant coach Jack Capuano, and uh, I, I did kind of wonder what was going through his head. Now, in fairness, I mean, he's a hockey coach. Winning the game is probably going through his head, and I'm probably giving – the Islanders too much credit and this, you know, probably putting a little bit too much emphasis on this, but you know, here's a guy. And again, like, I, I think Jack is a pretty good coach. Like I think he, he did as good a job as he possibly could have done under some very, very, very difficult circumstances. And I think he helped pull the team together during a very, very difficult rebuild. But that being said, like you said, there were times when that you never knew what Islanders team was going to show up. And sometimes I don't think he knew what Islanders team was going to show up. He would talk about warriors and playing smart and hot. And then there was all the, uh, the passengers, you know, and it's like, 
dude, what is it? Are they warriors or are they passengers? Like, did a passenger suddenly become a warrior? Was he always a passenger? Was he always a warrior? And he was just, like, taking the day off? Like, I don't understand. Like, there, there was no defined game plan. Like, there was no defined system. Like, I know we we would read every once in a while about the Islander system. And Jack there, it didn't seem like there was much of a system because sometimes they would just, you know, not show up. And then other times they would look great. And, you know, like, we watch a lot of hockey. And that's not like an Islanders thing. Like, I mean, you watch other, lots of teams do that, you know, they just show up and you never know. Sometimes teams just lay an egg. It happens. You know, you play a lot of games and some of them just ain't going to go your way, but it, you know, to build upon something is really hard when you don't know what you're going to get. And now obviously when Barry Trotz comes in, he brings his guys in, he brings his goalie coaches in, they hire guys they want to work with. And there is a system like you can point to it and be like, this is what they're doing. And you can see in practice, Barry Trotz keeps saying that, one of the things that his team does well is they practice really well. And I've never heard anybody say that before. <laughs> like, what does that even mean that they practice well? I guess it means that they're taking in what they're saying and they're executing it in practice so he doesn't have to stop and pull the whistle and yell at everybody. Um, and that's like, again, something that's completely foreign. And there's a there's a plan there. And it's a subtle thing, but it's another thing that stuck out to me on Monday. Uh, Lou Lamorello gave a sort of impromptu um you know, update on, on the injuries. And, and he said that uh, uh, Matt Martin has resumed skating. Uh, Tom Kunuckle has not, you know, like that. <laughs> it wasn't much. Uh, you know, Leo Komarov is feeling better and will be returning shortly. Like it wasn't, you know, there w- it wasn't a whole lot of information there, but it was an update. And I was like, oh, okay, that's good to know. It's good to know Matt Martin is on his skates and, and skating around. But I was like, you know, for years, we just went, we had radio silence from Garth. Like, you never heard any of this stuff. And it, like, if a guy was out, he was just out until he came back. And then yep. maybe he was out again. And meanwhile, in five minutes, Lou came down with his with his jacket on. He stood in front of a camera. He answered a couple of questions. He went back to his office. Like, that's, to me, that's, like, mind-boggling. <laughs> like, we never had that. It's like, <laughs> oh, okay, thanks. And it's just so, again, it's, it's not just organization structure on the ice. It's structure... In, in the organization and you just don't get that anymore. And so now again, saying when you see Anders Lee say, we're doing things our way, you're like, yes, let's do it this way. I like this way. This way is fun. This way works. And the other way, the other guys are doing it their way. You know, our Garth Snow's our way was when they acquired Brian Rolston to fix their power play. And it's like, why? Like, you know, and this is a totally different thing. So I just had all these flashbacks, and then the fact that you know they're, they're, all this is happening during this like ten game winning streak made me just I don't know I filled filled with Islanders pride in a very cheesy way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it, as it should. I mean, it's it think it's like we were saying like this is the first time they've done this since you know the eighties. So hmm. when you think about this cast of characters, like they they shouldn't like there's nobody that would point to a team like that this group of players and be like, yeah, that is a dominant team but a 10 game over a, stre- a mu- stretch of a month basically they've been a dominant team and uh it's not and and you you've said it perfectly like, it's not a secret what the islanders are doing that's what i'm that that's what when i was talking before like which com- confounds me is because i feel like if if they were like uh, if the penguins came up to me tomorrow and say hey we'll pay you a million dollars if you can beat the islanders i'd be like all right well let me tell you exactly what they're gonna do <laughs> <laughs> you know like <laughs> they're gonna t- they're gonna make sure that the, they're going to take care of their 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 own zone responsibly. They're going to keep you out of the the slot as best they can. They're going to keep the rebounds down. If there's a rebound, that thing is getting sent to hell. Mm. Like, and then every once in a while, they'll they'll make the extra pass to make sure that 
a okay scoring chance turns into a great scoring chance. Hmm. And if you can take that and beat it, like you, if you can game plan for it, you should win. Like this is that's all it is. Like it's and for some reason, like it's just not teams can't do it because I think hmm. like we talked about the identity cliche and and I thought my whole life because of these coaches like Jack Capuano and Scott Gordon's who go go identity and Steve hmm. Sterling who you know. God knows what kind of identity he was trying to get the Islanders <laughs> to do. Like, I, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what like, I'm doing identity. I don't know. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, like, like I always, cause, cause of the kind of bad uh, religion that was pr- practiced, like from those coaches, like I just always thought, yeah, you know what? That is a cliche. It doesn't mm. matter. And like when Justin Bourne would write like, Oh no, it actually matters. Like you want to have an identity. It matters because when teams come in to Coliseum or the Barclays center or wherever the hell they're playing the Islanders that night, like their identity is going to be, different and they're playing they're used to playing you know a high high quantity style like the flames or like the hurricanes did under bill peters and or like you know the leafs kind of play like a fast style that when they play a team that's playing hockey from 1997 they're just not ready for it even no matter how hard they try they're just it's just like foreign to them and uh that's why i'm like wow maybe that you know that cliche that we all kind of you know poo-pooed when some you know crazy people were saying it like it's it's true. Like this team has an identity, and they they've all bought into it. Like, I when Ross Johnson, I'm watching Ross Johnson, <laughs> and when I was watching uh, against the, the Lightning game, and like just the way my seats are are you know we're up in the gods and we're looking down, and I had just a great view of him getting the puck through the neutral zone, and his whole goal from this this sequence, which I couldn't even tell you when it was because it was so unremarkable. <laughs> that he just basically scooped the puck up around the Islanders bench at close to the red line, got over the red line, got to the middle of the ice to the blue line, and then just put the puck in deep and went off for a change. Yeah. And then, and all I did was I did a quick scan of the ice and I was like, okay, Rush Johnson just did that against Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. <laughs> and, and I'm like, this is maybe the worst, least the least talented player in the NHL, just winning a very, very small battle against two of the best. Mm. And all that mattered was he, he had a goal in his mind. His goal was to get that puck as far away from the Islanders' net as possible without icing it, and he did it. Mm. And if in those moments, like, it doesn't matter that Russ Johnston maybe isn't a great hockey player. All that matters is that he bought into the system, mm-hmm. and he he's not going to try to be like, oh, maybe I can maybe I can take on Kucherov, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then lose a puck, and then it's coming back the other way. Like we've seen millions of times with old Islander players, where you're like, all right, like you're not you're not going to be able to beat these guys. Uh, <laughs> they're just going to spring the other way. And there's a three on one. Dwayne Rollison's going to be like, all right, hung out to dry. And it's going to yeah. be four, nothing lightning. And, right. uh, it's, it's just so weird when you, when you watch the game in these like little trotsy and moments, you're like, wow. And right. also just another thing I want to point out is like, if you look at the standings right now, the Washington Capitals are at the top still, right. There's no, there's no coincidence that the teams that trots has been with for, you know, considerable period of time, but then left, like they've been left in great States. Like the, mm-hmm. the predators are a perennial contender the Capitals, since he's left, really haven't missed a beat. This that that's another just kudos to the guys that like he put these these systems in place that players are still kind of relying on. Alex Ovechkin talks about it all the time. Like it's it's just crazy. Oh yeah, no, he he definitely leaves his mark. And uh, Ray Ferraro was talking about this on their his podcast with Darren Dreger, and uh, there was a snippet on Twitter. If you get a chance to take a look at it and you know, don't want to listen to like the entire podcast but he was basically saying that it's hard to find a, a player who has played under Barry Trotz to say 
that he was treated unfairly by Barry Trotz. And like Trotz has a way of, you know, X's and O's are one thing. I mean, every coach comes in with X's and O's, but getting the players to believe in the system and getting them to buy in, like you were saying, and getting them to work within the system and feel like they're all contributing to the system. Like Ross Johnson is a good example. Like, again, Ross is a guy. The reason they keep him around is because they know that he doesn't have to play every game. He's playing every game now because Matt Martin is out. But this guy who can sit in the press box for like half a season, come out and do exactly what the coaches need him to do. And sometimes that thing that they need him to do is just dump the puck in deep and get it away from the bench and make the lightning or whoever it is come 200 feet to the other net. And Kerry and I were talking about this yesterday. We were saying like, he, he's, I forget what play There's another innocuous Ross Johnston play. And Kerry was like, just look at him. Like he just, he just came out there. He did this little tiny, simple thing. And now he's off the bat and it, and it's, you know, just keeps the play moving. There's no stoppage. There's, and, and it just the pick, the guys pick it up right where he left it. Cause they know where he's going to leave it. And they know what he's going to do. And I was saying that, you know, hockey is kind of unique in the sense that you can do that basic stuff. And make a career for yourself. Like you really can't. Maybe in basketball you can. Like you come out and you know have very, very just. If you're just a fundamentals guy, maybe you'd be like a sixth man or a guy off the bench. But like it's hard to be like a fundamentals guy in football or basket or baseball. You know where there's there's lots of things going on and and you know it's good to have those kinds of fundamentals. But I don't know if you could really stand out and make yourself a regular player. But Ross Johnson doing the fundamentals of basic hockey 101. Is exactly what they need him to do, and it's gotten him a regular spot on a National Hockey League team that's won ten games in a row. Like that's just crazy, mm-hmm. uh, and he's just he's just and they haven't missed a beat, you know. And you know, once Matt Martin comes back, he'll come back in, and Ross will go back to the press box probably, and it'll be fine. And if they need it, him again, they'll need him again. It's uh, so funny because like if this was even beginning of last year and Ross Johnson was getting this time, I oh my god, I would just be sitting on pins and needles when he had the puck, <laughs> no matter where he was, and just right. be like, oh god. But it's I trust him. Like yeah. it's because yeah. he because he is a Barry Trotz player. He's a he is been coached by Barry Trotz for over a year now. Barry Trotz has him doing the right things at the right time, and uh, it's I mean the same. It's Komarov is is a little bit different because I still think that Leo plays plays on that edge where you know he might just do something stupid and you're like oh, God damn it, <laughs> and that it results in a penalty. But like this year before he he got you know, this, this weird illness, like he was doing things kind of the same in that same kind of, uh, rhythm as Russ Johnson has been doing. And, uh, these, they're just get doing the right thing. They're, they're being a nuisance when they don't have the puck and they're being smart when they have the puck mm. and they're letting, Hey, look in, in 35 seconds, Matt Barzell is going to come on the ice and he might skate around the, the offensive zone for mm. six seconds and then score. So that that's great because that's good for us as a team and and for me as a player because I'm part of this team and part of this machine, and it also I mean not to, to kind of bring it back to, to the Josh Hosang drama but when people were you know outraged about what was going on with him, he is of the however many players Trotz has coached now in the with the Islanders he's been the only one that really hasn't kind of bought into what's going on. And when 30 other guys are doing it and one guy isn't, you're like, you know what? Like, the guy's got all the talent in the world. I'd love to have him on the team. Love it. We'll just – if he's if he reports to Bridgeport tomorrow, I'd be thrilled. But you're, it just makes you feel more or less anxious about that, about that whole drama situation. And, um, you know, it's just sometimes it just doesn't work out with guys. And I'll, you know – I'll trend with uh, I'll, I'll I'll stand next to Barry Trotz in this in this situation. <laughs> Whereas if it was Jack Capuano or Scott Gordon in the same spot, I'd be like, you know what? Like this guy's got a 
shitload of talent. I wanted him on this team because this team is running around with chickens with their heads cut off, and and you need talent in that situation. Right. So it's just it the whole thing has just been flipped on its head. It's been a year, and it's been over a year, and I'm just still just dumbfounded by having these adults in the room that know what they're doing. Like yeah. I always say, I, you know. I, Patriots fans like can you imagine living in that environment where, where you just go out you expect to win and you do it like once again I'm being I'm, I'm trying not to be hyperbolic but they're just like the best example in sports to do it like it, it's a little bit of a taste of it like this living in this kind of fandom it, with the Islanders and under Trots and Lamarillo like they just come in they, they expect to win you expect them to win you expect them to, to take care of their X's and O's and assignments and that's it mm-hmm. and it's I always thought maybe that you know maybe that is boring to watch to keep winning, but it's just not. Yeah. Now you now you understand why these people still go nuts for every Sunday when Tom Brady's on the field doing doing what he does. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is a there is sort of a boringness to the Patriots in how they do things, and it's infuriating. Don't get me wrong, but uh, there is sort of this rote. You know, they know what to do, and they go out and they just do it, and it can be boring. I mean, then then Brady drops like a forty eight yard bomb to some some uh, wide receiver you never heard of before. And it's like, oh, come on, seriously. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, that that's the goal, right? I mean, it's to get to that level. We don't want to get too far. Um, before we, we wrap up, though, I, I'm, I, the Hosang thing is kind of funny because it's like, I'm not going to go too far on it. Don't worry about it. But, uh, you know, the one thing that keeps coming up, like Andrew Gross did his his podcast and, he, you know, he answered questions from people. And, and the number one questions were always about like, well, what happens when Everly comes back? Or what happens when Lad comes back? Or what happens when Leo comes back? And it's like, you know, again, like you were saying before, like we're all kind of wondering when the other shoe was going to drop. And I, I mean, the show, the name of this show is Islanders Anxiety. Believe me, I am concerned about what happens when Jordan Everly comes back. Where does Derek Broussard go? This guy is like hot as hell on the wing. They're going to go back to center. Is he still going to be good there? Oh, who knows what Andrew Ladd is going to look like when he gets, you know, back up into game shape. So, I mean, there's a lot of things out there that, that could, you know, kind of mess with the Islanders mojo and everything. You know, Hosang keeps coming up, and you know, to be quite honest, you know, this organization has one team that has won ten games in a row, and another uh, team that can't buy a win. So either one of them, you know, one one team doesn't really need him. One probably could use him, and he's sitting at home waiting for a phone call. I guess I don't know. So like, you know, what happens when that ha- figures itself out? Will it figure itself out? I don't think anybody's in a real rush to to make anything happen. So. These are questions that are going to come up, and the Islanders are going to have to deal with them at some point. But for right now, I mean, we just got to soak it in and just take it in and just enjoy the moment and be like, holy hell, I just watched my team win 10 games in a row and look pretty damn good doing it in a season when, again, they were written off once again as just not being very good. Well, guess what? They just won 10 games in a row, and I'm just going to enjoy it and, you know, see what happens when, when they play the Penguins. But, you know, if it comes to an end, hey, you know what? It's going to happen at some point. Just, again, enjoy it and be like, that was great. Let's do it again <laughs> and start another one, hopefully. Uh, okay, um, real, real quick, uh, just to, to wrap things up, um, our sponsor, as always, is VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, we announced uh, in a few places last week that Kevin is now selling Lighthouse Hockey gear there. So our Al Arbor shirts are available once again. I'm sorry for the confusion and 
the bad link. It's a whole story. Um, but you can buy the shirts there. The money, our end of the money still goes to the Center for Dementia Research. Uh, they're just as great quality. He's got different colors now, so they don't just come in gray. You can buy them there. But also at VintageIceHockey.com, their specialization is in uh, classic hockey logos. They have 100 of them. Over 100 of them. You can get mugs, T-shirts, hoodies. Uh, they have the WHA logo. Remember the, the original WHA, like the league logo? He's got a shirt of that. I didn't know he had that before. I just found it out. Every time I go there, I find a new cool shirt that I'm like, oh, man, I got to get that. Uh, New England Whalers, New York Rovers, Brooklyn Americans, great stuff there. VintageIceHockey.com. You type in Lighthouse15 at checkout, and you can get $15 off, 15% off. Yeah, 15% off uh, at your order. And he's also running a, a thing where you can get a, a shirt and a hoodie and a mug for a, a set price, too. Check it out, VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, if you haven't already listened to our other podcast, you should. Isles Buzz is coming out a little bit later today. Uh, PT Isles should already be out. Joe's going to have Greg Picker on. You should check that out. Thanks, for everybody, for supporting us. Uh, uh, latest Islanders Award winners came out on Monday. It's on Brian Trottier. Listen to it. I think it's pretty cool <laughs> it was the first one i did so the quality is a little bit different than the other ones but uh there's some stuff in there too i mean the islanders uh try to get a 17 game point streak in that that season that's the things he did in that season are, are completely wild i don't even know if i really got the point across <laughs> <laughs> but uh it was pretty cool um and uh just a couple of shout outs real quick uh to to a couple of guys who I talked to at the game last night, Corey, who works for the Islanders. I, I got to finally meet him and, and thank him for all the great stuff he writes. If you read the Islanders site, you read Corey Wright's stuff. It's great. He does he does a great job. It's fun. I talked to him about that Superstars article he wrote uh, back in the summer when I was writing about Trottier being on Superstars for the episode of Islanders Award winner. So that was kind of a, a weird uh, synergy there. But he, he's a really nice guy, and, and he does great he's, work. Uh, Corey, Corey's great because he, he, he gets the uh... – the weird obsession we have with these uh, Brian Ralston types, uh, <laughs> you know, like guys that you just like can't really fathom. And so, you know, when I was talking to I was trying to, you know, I talked to him about alumni night and, and basically I just asked him, you know, it's Wade Dublowitz coming and, uh, you know, he can't really tip his hand one way or the other. But uh, that he's he just he he's not he's a transplant. I think Corey's from, I think, Western Canada. And yeah, uh, he uh, he's he somehow is. Almost immediately, I remember when when he first started, he like just got it. Mm. He gets what's going on here, which is it, it's great. Mm. Embrace the weird. That's uh, embrace the weird, <laughs> and he definitely does. Uh, John Ledecky, by the way, was also at that game. I didn't realize I was sitting so close to him. If you watch some of the highlights, he's he's going crazy there. Uh, speaking of tr- of transplants, also met a guy at the Islanders game yesterday that I want to shout out. His name is Sean. Uh, some of you may know him from Twitter. Sean is from England. I believe he's from Manchester. And he is an Islanders fan. And he came all the way here. And if you think, oh, he flew from, from England to Brooklyn for a game, that's pretty cool. Sean flew to Charlotte. He is also a Carolina Panthers fan. And so he went to Charlotte for a game on Sunday. And then he flew up to New York for a whole bunch of games this week. And I got to talk to him. Carrie knew him and he introduced me to him. And super nice guy. He said he's a fan of the podcast. So I just wanted to say, hey, Sean, thanks for listening. Thanks for keeping Islanders uh, brand strong over uh, in England. I know there's a whole fan, a whole group of UK Islanders fans out there. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's, they also, they're on an island too. So they it makes are. sense. They are. You guys, they're all Islanders. <laughs> they are. They are all Islanders. And uh, man, I don't know how... A British person ends up uh, an Islanders and Panthers fan, but then again, I'm not 100% sure how a Long Islander ends up being a fan of Everton, for example, as a, a soccer team. So, 
but it's cool. It's cool. This like global sports world can bring us all together in these weird places. So the yeah. first thing I said to him was, "Oh man, you got to meet Mike and talk to him. I'm sure he'll he'll shoot <laughs> about soccer." But, I just, uh, I, it's pretty cool. I love. I, I mean, I've I've met a couple guys like uh, Kevin and uh, John last year, and it's just so funny the way that they they're like part of the attraction to the Islanders is just like they're kind of like the last team on the totem pole for most, you know, for most people. It's like, and, and that, that appeals to a certain kind of fan. And mm. uh, those are the kind of fans you want. Mm. So it's, it's great. Like it's, you know, people from, you know, we, we've got people listening from England and North Dakota and all over the place. It's just, mm. it's, it, it makes no, it makes no sense to you or I, but like those are, they're the type of people you want. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to, to walk into the Coliseum with, with those kind of people that are just like, yeah, like this, this place is weird, but you already know that, which mm. is, you know, I don't have, I don't even have to explain to you why it's weird because you, 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 you're an Islander fan. Like it doesn't matter if you're in Timbuktu or, or around Konkama. It's just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's cool. Uh, I was, uh, you know, when we were talking, it was like, you, you, you kind of have all these questions, but at the same time, it's all, you also kind of get it. Like you kind of get, you know, that the, the appeal of, um, no, rooting for a team on the other side of the globe and and being, you know, kind of just getting into it. And he said that, you know, the, the American sporting experience is uh, totally different than the British one. And so we were talking about that for a little while. And uh, it was really neat. You know, it's just a kind of cool. Again, this this whole melting pot of, of people coming together. And, and no matter where you're from to, enjoy, you know, to enjoy this kind of se- start to a season is just even awesome. It brings you even further together than it would if they were kind of middling and kind of bobbing around the muddy middle, you know, they're this team to, to have all these different people come together and watch this team win this way just brings you even closer together. And it's, it's really kind of neat. So Sean, thanks for listening. <laughs> really appreciate it. And it was really nice to meet you. Uh, all right. That'll wrap it up for this one. Uh, we will be back possibly a little bit earlier uh, next week. We're going to, we're going to see um, until then, you know, Islanders have two games. They got a, a matinee on Saturday against the, the Panthers. The weather is apparently going to be garbage, but uh, hopefully they will get some good turnouts uh, in Brooklyn uh, regardless and uh, see how far they can keep this thing going. Uh, tell everybody your Twitter handle again. It's the uh, Big Lebowski with two E's. You should definitely follow Mike at the Big Lebowski at two E's. Um, you can, I guess you could follow me at Culture of Losing if you want. Please do not send me replies saying that I need to change my Twitter handle. It's not going to happen. <laughs> they could win the next 72 games in a row. It's not going to happen. It's, it's a long story. I, I've told it before, but I'll get to it again another time. But uh, we appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. Uh, check out our other Lighthouse Hockey podcast. Read Lighthouse Hockey every day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. See, I almost forgot it, but I got it this time. Uh, don't forget, we still need calls for my favorite Islanders game. The number is 646-980-8857. Call, share your favorite Islanders game with us. We really want to hear it. Uh, the new episode is just a couple weeks away, and we could always use more stories. So don't hesitate. Call 646-980-8857. And uh, we'll be back uh, next time. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye.
Sight and sound Look in Look out Look around 